In conjunction with the 50th year anniversary of the Title IX legislation, welcome to North Florida Athletics' Talking Title IX series, where we interview current and former UNF student-athletes and staff on the influence of college athletics in their lives and the ongoing impact made by Title IX. Enjoy. Welcome back to another edition of Talking Title IX. i got a special guest. Uh, I've had a pleasure working a lot uh, with the past couple of years, uh, Sabrina Sinise. They've helped out with our ESPN Plus broadcast special events, uh, Swoop Life Live as well. Uh, thanks for joining. No problem. Thanks for having me. So um, we'll get into what you've done here, but just give a quick introduction of, of who you are, hometown, um, when you went to UNF, and uh, what you studied at UNF because you did go here. Yes. So I'm from Lakeland, Florida, Central Florida, right between uh, Tampa and Orlando on I-4. Very specific. <laughs> um, and then I uh, went to UNF during 2014 to 2018. So I graduated uh, 2018. And I studied communications. So obviously this is a pretty niche field that we'll talk about. What was your kind of goal when you, you know embarked in studying this yes so I was a junior and I didn't really like my major anymore wasn't feeling it and I was kind of surfing shopping for a new major and I found that communications would let me graduate semi on time um, even though I was switching so late so I kind of stumbled into production in a way because I wanted to be in more on the uh, tv behind the scene side and that's what the major was giving us so that's how I kind of stumbled into it. Then I took a class that was really about sports and production, and then that's how I got started into doing ESPN here at uh, UNF. What What was that first um, experience working with production? You know, because it's not like, you know, you can do your class projects where you're using a camera like we're using right now, or you can do something pretty low-end that's just one camera, but now there's, like, a system and there's lines and cables what was that kind of intro like uh it was very overwhelming at first because you don't really know uh what the teacher is talking about until you're submerged into it um i remember my first time out my hands were really really sweaty and i was just nervous the entire time i feel like i was shaking the camera or trying not to shake the camera but i was shaking for sure and it was really taxing like on my back because I'm just not used to looking up at this camera and I'm on the short side. So I'm looking up at the monitor and just trying not to get yelled at basically on um, the intercom in my ear. So probably I'm guessing what things you were doing. Were you doing either game high, high uh, game, game camera or hero camera or were you doing shoulder camera for basketball? I was doing or? a volleyball game and it was um, the game camera. So it, I, um, the game camera is the camera that is on the most. So it's kind of high pressure and low pressure at the same time because they depend on you, but it's your shots are easy. But it's just if they catch you not um, prepared, it, you really get yelled at sometimes. <laughs> What's, uh, yeah, just for the viewer, obviously I don't know those things. What are those camera positions? So the um, game camera is usually uh, up pr pretty high. Um, we call it the crow's nest, so that's where you get the visual of the entire game, like any pass that's being made for basketball or volleyball. Um, and then there's a hero cam that is basically t just right next to that game camera, which does close-up shots. Maybe someone who uh, did a notable uh, action, we would go get them, or if the announcers happen to be talking about her or him, um, we would go focus on that player getting their emotions throughout the game as well.
do you remember at the time doing it? Did you really like it? Did you enjoy it up front? Or was it like, this is stressful. I don't think I want to do this. Uh, it was stressful, but I didn't really feel um, super stressed. It was kind of like a thrill in a way. Um, I remember uh, one of my coworkers or us fellow students at the time was uh, telling me for my first game, because he'd already done a couple, I came in kind of late, and he was like, well, you're doing good for your first game because they haven't really like scolded you as much as they've been scolding <laughs> everyone else. So that's how I kind of knew. I'm like, oh, maybe I could be good at this. I'll, I'll keep trying. How did, you know, how did it progress from there? Like, how did you stick with it? And obviously right now, like these past couple of years, you've played um, a massive part in the broadcast. Like, what were those steps like to, to continue on as a student? Right. So I graduated and then I kind of took a break. I was just working like a retail job, basically. And um, I and then I, all of a sudden I got I got a call from you one day saying that there was a position open and asked me to think about it. So I thought about it. Then I got we caught we reconvened and then I accepted it. And that was quite a year for us just kind of trying to finish figure out our relationship working wise and trying to figure out each other's strengths weaknesses and best way to work work it out between the both of us so going into that position um what was what did you feel like your strengths were um as somebody in production because obviously you've been thrown around to different positions right. as a student but right. going into it was like okay this is what i feel most comfortable with you had to direct right. which is like the upper echelon but for you what were your like strengths that you felt like I think my strengths were definitely teaching cameras what to get and how to just automatically kind of look for these things instead of the director having to tell them over and over again like what they need uh, I, and I really felt comfortable at replay I had done that like probably the most out of all of the control room positions and so I was good at teaching that and I also thought t I was teaching pretty well, too, just in general, like how to set up a camera, maybe how to do audio and just get things done. And I was learning on the fly as well. Like, as you said, I was directing and I hadn't directed as much. So kind of uh, teaching others while I'm learning as well was kind of a challenge. I think one of the strengths that you had was obviously it was for a lot of people that watch our broadcasts, they probably don't realize just how student laden it is. And for the non-students, often we're very recently were students. Um, I think, you know, your strengths is you made them feel comfortable there as students. What is that key to, you know, helping students come along um, in this field? Right. So first thing I would say is get make them feel prepared so that they uh, kind of know what's coming so they don't just get thrown off by something that they had no clue could have been a possibility. And then making them feel like if they do mess up, it's okay. And maybe not uh, get scolded as often as like maybe I was scared to at first, which was uncomfortable, but it's a thing I got over. But I know not every student really works well like that. So I tried to kind of uh, like guide them a little bit more in the beginning. But then once I know they should know what they're doing, then I might be a little tougher on them. It's like kind of having them level up um, throughout their internship with us. So obviously that year was really busy, a lot of challenges. We had the tennis broadcast as well that year. Um, there's technical things that go into it too. Uh, just explain for the viewer some of those like, you're not just worrying about the storyline or the points. Like at some degree that's kind of something you're not thinking about really because it's not a concern. Those things will happen. You have to worry about technical things, production things. 
go into some of those potential pitfalls that, that might happen for a broadcast that you have to worry about? So, um, especially like you mentioned with tennis and even any of our outdoor sports, basically. So our control room is inside the arena. So it's quite a bit of a distance from tennis, even softball and baseball. It's not like, it's not just right there. Um, and everything get basically gets wired back to the arena where we're able to send it to uh, the network. Um, what can happen is that the the wire the inside the wires can get kind of dirty and like even one speck of dirt could do this but we could lose in the picture of an entire camera so we wouldn't have that angle let's say we needed for example we just uh, finished let's see uh, baseball or and softball so if we were to lose the camera high home right above the plate that would lose a lot of action just that's the camera that follows the game the most that can get the pitch that can get base runners it can get if someone hits a home run if that camera is off during a home run we're likely to miss that home run unfortunately <laughs> yeah you gotta go back and watch it why didn't i have this yeah, exactly. well and the same can go for um viewers that watch our games pretty frequently maybe for baseball yes. softball might have noticed maybe sometimes you will choose not to do the center field camera. Right. Sometimes that's just the artistic to choice. Yes. Once or twice a game, you might not do it. Mm -hmm. But typically, it's going to be there for the pitch. Right. Some of the times when it's not there for the pitch, True. it might be because that camera's out. We've had instances like yes. that. Um, what's really important to make sure those, those technical things are taken care of and in place for a broadcast? Well, it's a lot of prep. It's mostly prep. So we get here a quite a bit earlier before uh, everyone else just trying to set it up and we do a lot of testing and we like to get here with an ample amount of time before um, obviously the game starts just so just in case something is going wrong or something goes wrong we have time to kind of troubleshoot it and fix it hopefully before that first pitch or tip off. Mm -hmm. um, what what's you know what's probably one of the points that you felt I'm taking the next step I'm good at this because you've gotten other big freelance opportunities gemstone in town other places as well uh when did you kind of realize like oh I'm good I'm like good at this it was uh kind of one of uh first times I was on um replay for a little bit Tristan uh, was the one who taught me how to basically operate the machine it, something just kind of clicked for me and I wasn't I was having more I felt like I was having fun versus just kind of stressed and working like uh, when I first started out and I think that's when the transition kind of goes like oh I'm good at this and I can have fun while doing something pretty uh, niche and complicated at the same time. So yeah you mentioned Tristan uh, there's a, a lot of people in the Jacksonville area that all work together because production requires that you know it's a niche talent it's a niche skill whether it is graphics replay or production but um would you feel that in jacksonville and overall most of the community is men uh yes i would say mostly are men i've only really worked with um women like directly next to me maybe like once or twice it's not or maybe like over uh calm so that'd be like probably marketing not even really production yeah. Uh, but production-wise, I think only about once I've really worked next to another girl. Have you ever been to an event that was directed by a female other than yourself? Other than myself? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, no. It's all It's been guys through and through. It feels kind of weird at first, but they're really nice and welcoming. They don't really treat you any different. Right. 
I don't feel that um, I don't ruin the vibe or whatever's going on. Yeah. I think that it, it's it's still a good time, like even though I feel a little weird, I'm the only girl sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people, you know, when they do those broadcast booth shots, occasionally you watch the World Series and they'll cut to the broadcast booth, but you'll get that like once every four games and like you'll see it, you know, in there it's predominantly men. Right. It looks like the time that you'll see more women, you might... Yeah, like you said, maybe audio on the field, perhaps mics or um, talent, though, for sure. You'll see a lot of talent. Was that, did it feel um, intimidating or did you feel like um, it was harder to break into the field maybe as a female at all or did it really even cross your mind? It honestly didn't really cross my mind just because I was just working and trying to get better at what I was doing. And I'm a big believer in just working and then you'll get noticed if, as long as you're doing your job, working really well and you have a good attitude. Good attitude is really important. You want to be someone uh, who's good to work with, someone you enjoy working with. And so they'll keep calling you back for more and more uh, opportunities that way. Yeah. What's that like uh, working in this field, getting those freelance gigs? Like, how do you even get the gigs? Like, what's the key to making sure you get some consistent gigs? Like, obviously, it ebbs and flows. Right. But, it does ebb and flow yeah. depending on basically when the regular guys would like to take their vacations. That's kind of when I fill in when someone wants to go out of town. And then they'll be like, hey, are you available a certain weekend or a certain day? And I'll let them know if I am or not. Consistently, yeah. you just want to be someone good to work with, someone they're not constantly having to correct. Like, it's all right to have a couple mess-ups. Like, everyone has a couple mess-ups. Once you get into this field, you'll watch, like, a pro game, like NFL, NBA. You'll see the mess-ups that they do. In a way, it's kind of ruined some sports TV for me, but I like seeing them also uh, kind of have those mistakes just to make me feel like it's everyone get, has mistakes, so it doesn't make me feel as bad when I don't have a perfect game. Yeah, I think it is go. It goes both ways. Obviously, I have not worked on the production side during the game um, very much, but you know, as a consumer, some people would. I remember being in high school working doing some internship at a local tv station and we did and they said yeah you're it'll change watching sports forever more so for a negative reason and i would say that kind of exists now but it also gives you another reason to watch it in a way because you're kind of watching how good of a production yes. they're putting on like if you realize the director didn't cut in time to something or somebody was panning really hard, they needed to cut away. I mean, those are the types of things you're talking about that you see, right? We see that, and then also we see sometimes mistakes on graphics. And I mean, graphics is a lot, because sometimes you just, it's like those little typos, and you don't always have time to, you don't have, sometimes you don't have a second pair of eyes, or you just don't have time to double check, and the graphics up, and you that's it. Yeah. It's live, though, so once it's done, it's done, which is pretty nice yeah those lower thirds especially baseball softball um i guess sometimes the basketball free throws and you know score bugs all that's a whole other kind of realm as well um did you ever have any female mentors or kind of friends in the field maybe the ones that you've worked other freelance gigs with that you've come across or is can Unfortunately, you think of, yeah. no. It's all been guys, um, like heavily guys. They've all been really great. As a girl, I don't think it's really affected um, my career in production just because everyone's been so welcoming. They want a lot of the guys are older, so they might be looking to maybe leave or uh, move or something. And so they always want those new um, 
new skilled workers to come in and um, take their spots or cover for them when, when they're unable to do it. Um, a lot of the companies here are getting more and more opportunities, so there's more and more need for more staff. So that's another thing that we've been able to do here is kind of train students in this field and then um, let them make some money, good money off of it. And it's for a day, it's decent money and they have fun. They basically get to watch sports while they work and a lot of them do like that. Yeah, I mean, there are quite a few that we can think of now just in a short time that kind of have gotten those gigs. Um, that you've trained, um, you know, Zach being one, he's worked a little bit in the area, uh, you know, Simley helping at SMT, Celia was going to do that as well, Brian Ross, you know, so it's cool. It's cool to see that, and that web grows for sure. Have you had any, um, you know, got, you know, sick of my George or Tristan or Kyle, any right. kind of mentors in the field then overall male mentors? Um, yes. So I would say Tristan's a pretty good mentor for me. Uh, whenever I have questions about, um, just like even like invoice stuff, I ask him just little things that I might not have gotten like any taste of in school or, um, just working here because it's kind of a different uh, world out there. And Kyle has been, like, a nice, like, buddy, I guess, to have. Like, we both are kind of in a similar stage in life and in our career. So I think it's kind of nice to have him there to um, just have company, basically. You know, I'm, it's not just me that's kind of floating out here. And um, I will say George has been really great, a uh, good connection. And he has uh, helped me, and he's letting me know when I've done, like, really good or done okay not as good <laughs> yeah, be honest. yeah, yeah. I, honesty is a huge a huge thing yeah so kyle has been a huge help as well here and kind of allows you to be freed up a little bit to record uh to build a rapport with students and then train those students as well um because you need need to know that you're going to have future skill ahead for future broadcasts um what advice would you give those students that are looking to get into this field uh, coming up in college? Um, I guess um, be annoying to, 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 to a certain point, not obviously spamming these guys, but if there's someone you've done freelance work for and you want to do more for them, definitely let them know, like be very open and try, try to, obviously you have your boundaries. Like sometimes you're not going to be able to pick up every single opportunity thrown at you just cause uh, you have life too. Um, but just try being open. Um, and then if you have a discouraging day, don't let it hit you too hard. And like, and uh, things that may have been said to you during a broadcast when you're still trying to find, kind of find your feet um, don't take it too personally because it's just in the moment that everyone, we get frustrated. There's a lot of moving parts. Just don't take, don't take it too personally. If you have a bad day, basically move on. This basically, this would, this, uh, would work with any job or field out there. I think you're having, if you have one bad game, it's not going to ruin the rest of your career. Um, any favorite events or stories like, that you look back fondly on or kind of just laugh at that are in the industry that kind of paint a picture of what it's like? Um, yes, there are a couple. So, so there were, uh, unfortunately the way our power was set up at the time, um, when the fire alarm goes off or gets pulled, 
we lose power in the control room. Thankfully, we have these batteries to set up to kind of uh, give us some time to get power back while things are happening uh, in the uh, building with facilities, and I'm sure they're doing their best to sort it out. But we only have a certain amount of time on these batteries, and we completely lost power inside the control room. And it's just, it was stressful because we had, we have people to call, and there's a lot of things we have to do for a backup stream. So it was really stressful at the time, but in retrospect, it's funny just because we had absolutely no control over it. There's nothing we could have done to prepare for that. And um, that's just how things roll. We just roll with the punches. It's really important in this field. Yeah, that brings in Ron and Kevin, of course. Those are other two yes. important contacts in Jacksonville. Ron knows a lot of people with Jags and yes. um, Gemstone. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, further perpetuates you know for people watching this just the connections that are built in the industry once you get in it and you build them they stay really strong um like we talked about right like you know brand at the jags as well and you know tristan's obviously helped with the jags and then the iceman the sharks the shrimp a lot of those same people are working with smt as well now which is also Mm -hmm. part of it's based in jacksonville so um, what would you, you know, give advice for students that are, you know, trying to get to the next level, you know, they're trying to get those full-time jobs or trying to freelance or trying to do and direct what, what you do. So full-time jobs are unfortunately hard to come by in this field. So a lot heavily, um, rely on freelancing and that also can sometimes mean you need your own equipment so it can get expensive to start up but once you kind of have your niche like for example those steady cam operators like out in California they must they make decent money because it's their own equipment and they're a very niche like skill so it's hard for um, them to kind of be outmoded um, in their camera ways because now we have robotic cameras and we might not need as many camera operators in the future but these steady cam guys uh, a lot of those long continuous shots you see on um, the movie screen are made by these guys. And so if you find your niche and you you like it and you get really good at it, you can make a good living out of that. What's the, because obviously creative video and podcasting and vlogging is super popular, but like kind of ex- explain quickly like the delineation, the difference between broadcast and working that area because right. they're so different. They are. So vlogging and like podcasting those are kind of um more chill setups i would say like one they're not live so if you miss something you can kind of go back and like fake it again i would say um but with live production like what we've been talking about is once it happens it's gone so let's say there was a like a huge game-changing foul that happened and all our cameras happen to be none of them happen to get it now we can't really see what has happened and we can't show the viewers at home like this game altering um, event that's happened and it, it they could really uh, affect our broadcast. It, it, I think it hurts the show when that happens. Yeah, it's a lot more pressure and it's also a lot, it's a different dynamic too. I mean, you're going to get more, um, you're going to get involved in a more technical heavy sense yes. than you are maybe on the vlogging side you know which obviously can vary depending on what type of stuff you're doing but you know on production too like you're going to know the networks you're going to know um some it stuff 
you know, soft IT things. You're going to know soft engineering things. You're going to know um, production things as well. Um, any advice that you would, any you know, anything particular that you would want to share as advice for women coming up in this field? Um, don't feel too weird if you notice that you're the only girl there. That's going to happen a lot. It's really not a huge deal. Like, I know that on the inside it feels like a big deal just because you're not, you don't know who to sit with when you go eat for lunch or just th- just little things like that. And obviously, like, guys are going to have, like, a different rapport with each other, especially if you're walking into their circle like that. Just you haven't known them, but they've known each other for years. It's going to feel weird, but just push through that feeling. And I think that a lot of y'all be successful. What, uh, you know, in terms of the work side of it, what advice would you give in general, you know, in terms of like building that rapport or what you do before games or before events? Um, just do your best. Um, your best might be different, different days, but just do your best. And knowing that you've done your best is all you can really do. Like I said before, there you can have a bad day, and that might have been your best that day, but on another day, you're going to have a totally different best. Thanks you know, for coming in today to talk about it a little bit. It would be good to even have to share to future students, too, that are coming up and considering the field. Um, worked over a couple hundred events for us, so we appreciate all your efforts and uh, networking that it's helped us uh, have as well. So um, thanks. No problem. Glad to be here.